Hello, and welcome to the Monster Outside podcast with yours truly. Be prepared to delve into the world of true crime, starting with a deep dive into the misconceptions surrounding sex trafficking. Can you handle what's looming on the outside? To start off our podcast, we are going to dive deep into the world of sex trafficking. Today, we're only going to scratch the surface of this horrible crime, yet, throughout the next four episodes, we will bring to light the true monstrosity of sex trafficking. So, what exactly is sex trafficking? Many of them times see sex trafficking portrayed in the movies and someone getting abducted. However, abduction is much rarer than films like Taken might lead the public to believe. This is because abduction makes it harder to transport someone. Abducted victims are more likely to attempt an escape during the transportation phase of trafficking. However, this isn't to say that this doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen as often that TV will make you believe. Sex trafficking is a booming industry which can mainly be broken down into two parts. Sex trafficking and commercial sexual acts. Sex trafficking occurs when someone uses force, fraud, or coercion to cause a commercial sex act with an adult or causes a minor to commit a commercial sex act. The four prominent parts of sex trafficking include family control, survival sex, gang control, and pimp control. A commercial sex act includes pornography, prostitution, and sexual performance done in exchange for any item of value such as money, drugs, food, shelter, or clothes. Well, why does it thrive? It thrives because there is serious demand. The buyer fuels the market with their money. The trafficker, also known as a pimp, exploits victims to earn revenue from buyers. The victim included both girls and boys who are brought, who are bought and sold for profit. Many traffickers can find victims through social networks, such as Instagram or Snapchat, home neighborhoods, clubs or bars, college campuses, the internet and schools. They often lure their victims through promises of love, protection, adventure, home, or opportunity. Traffickers will also utilize scare tactics such as fear, violence, threats, and intimidation to keep their victims compliant. It's crazy to think that teens through the ages of of 14 through 16 and college-age students are the most targeted for sex trafficking. Although society may call it prostitution, the law calls it sex trafficking and victims need help, not punishment or judgment. Well, I know for me, I have witnessed a ton of stigma surrounding sex trafficking because there is such a negative stigma surrounding sex work as a whole. That's why, with this podcast, our main objective is to break the stigma surrounding sex trafficking and bring awareness to the severity of this crime. Due to the social stigmatization or the misinformation caused by society, victims go unidentified and are silenced due to the fear and control of the sex trafficker, or they go misidentified, pigeonholed into treatment for only the surface issues. Thus, sex trafficking victims are treated for other things like drug abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, delinquency, teenage pregnancy, STDs, and abortion. Yeah, and these problems are also masking the true need for freedom. 
Now that we have a basic understanding of sex trafficking, we will discuss different ways in which sex traffickers can coax their victims. I first want to bring to light the abuse of religious beliefs and the connection to sex trafficking. Sadly, Nigeria has gained a reputation as a hub for sourcing slaves, moving people, and a destination for trafficked people. In fact, in Nigeria, human trafficking is the third most common crime after financial fraud and drug trafficking. Yes, especially in the Benin region of Nigeria, traffickers recruit the Edo people using a unique method. Traffickers abuse an element of their belief system to place psychological bonds on their victims during juju ceremonies. In these ceremonies, victims go to the shire where they will take an oath before a priest. The priest uses their body, hair, and nail to make a vessel or figuring which exerts control over the victim. And this ceremony places them under an obligation to repay their debt once they arrive in their destination country. What's sad is the fact that during the oath, victims promise that they won't run away to obey their trafficker, to keep silent, and to never speak to officials, and to pay, to pay back all the money they owe their trafficker. Indeed, the girls believe that to break the oath would cause grave, if not fatal, consequences for the victim's family. Nigerian victims are also often taken to be sexually exploited in Italy and other locations. They are also forced into explosive labors, begging, money laundering operations, and even organ transplantation. What's even scarier is the fact that Nigeria has baby factories, where the term baby factory actually refers to the forced impregnation, sale, or illegal adoption of an infant in a location where a woman or girl is held against her will. These farms or factories are any accommodation where mostly underage pregnant girls are kept with or without their consent, or young girls are encouraged or forced to become pregnant for the purpose of giving birth to babies that are sold to diverse clients. In other terms you might come across in reference to this are baby harvesting and baby farming. This latest phenomenon is fast becoming one of the most profile organized crimes activities in Nigeria. Baby farming operations usually happen in registered organizations. These look like hospital, maternity homes, orphanage, and rehabilitation centers. But that is often a disguise. The people working in them are unregistered, and these facilities are often mentioned in cases of abduction and child trafficking. You may be thinking, well, how does sex abuse and sexual exploitation in Nigeria impact me? While sex abuse in westernized countries, such as America, is very prominent as well, even if it does not seem like it. Now, I was reading this article the other day, and it was honestly terrifying the amount of ways in which traffickers go about getting their victims. As long as a trafficker remains profitable, difficult to detect, and hard to punish, traffickers will create new ways to exploit their victims. Common methods used to traffic humans include forms of deceptions like seduction and romance, false jobs advertisement, lies about educational or travel opportunities, abduction, sell by family, and recruitment through former slaves. Right, and I personally found the lover boy tactic to be especially scary. A lover boy or a Romeo pimp is someone, usually a young man, who seduces someone, usually a young woman, to force them into prostitution or other illegal war work. It's a form of grooming and abuse. Lover boys form romantic relationships with their victims, but this relationship quickly turns into an emotional and psychologically abusive one. Lover boys use blackmail and violence to intimidate their victims into compliance. 
Yes, and oftentimes they use other tactics which include painting a picture of a wonderful life together abroad or elsewhere in the country. They aim to isolate the victims from their family or community and in some cases force them to end up in a country where they can't speak the common language. And using romance makes it easier for lover boys to move their victims across borders because when victims are deceived, they go willingly and often pay associated transport fees. When they arrive, they fall into the hands of traffickers, and it is only a matter of time before they discover the true nature of their lover boy. In terms of traffickers utilizing false job advertisements, this method directly targets you, college-age students. Traffickers use enticing offers such as employment or travel to lure vulnerable people into the hands of those who will exploit them. These offers are always false, but they have convincing fronts. Traffickers tend to post opportunities in legitimate newspaper using a registered business as a front. Countries who are experiencing an economic downturn, civil strife, and instability are often targeted because citizens, they are looking for ways to live or make a life elsewhere. These jobs are often for nanny or pair positions or in the hospitality and tourism industry. These people will pay for their own flights arriving the country legally with all their documents. On arrival, these are sized and a process of breaking in happens. Breaking in involves a series of emotional, physical, and psychological abuses such as rape, torture, threats, and the forced consumption of drugs and alcohol. This happens mercilessly during the acquirement period to break the spirit of trafficked victims. Survivors have also said that shortly after arrival, they witness the murder of other victims. This causes victims to go into a self-preserving state of compliance. Many people believe that since they have never experienced sex trafficking, that it, it isn't a prominent issue. However, that is far from the case. According to the USA Today, the exact number of sex trafficking victims forced to work in illicit massage parlors is unknown. But reporting methods and analysis have improved in recent years, and advocates and researchers largely agree that the problem is growing to as many as 9,000 illicit spas in the USA alone. A study from the United Nations International Labor Organization estimated 3.8 million adults and 1 million children were victims of forced sexual exploitation in 2016 around the world. The vast majority of sex trafficking victims are women and girls, though men, boys, trans, intersex, and non-binary individuals can be victims as well. The International Labor Organization estimates that 99% of the adults and children forced into sexual exploitation in 2016 are females. The State Department releases an annual report on human trafficking with breakdowns for individual countries, though it is largely focused on government actions to address the trafficking and does not estimate the total number of victims. However, in its 2019 report, the State Department found the top three nations of origin for human trafficking victims were the United States, Mexico, and the Philippines. It does not break that figure down for sex trafficking alone. Polaris tracked the number of reports made to the National Human Trafficking Hotline a figure often used by researchers. In 2018, it received 5,147 reported cases of human trafficking. Of those, 3,718 were related to sex trafficking. In the U.S., sex trafficking victims include immigrants as well as American citizens, though there is no official number. Advocates and researchers say the number of domestic victims is high. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, missingkids.com, 
one in seven of the more than 23,500 runaways reported to the nonprofit organization were likely victims of child sex trafficking. In recent years, a pipeline from the foster care system to trafficking has gained attention. A report from the Human Rights Project for Girls, Georgetown Law Center on Poverty and Inequality and Miss Foundation for Women supports that finding. Titled The Sexual Abuse to Prison Pipeline, the report found that girls who grow up in instability of the child welfare system, particularly those placed in multiple homes, are vulnerable to the manipulation of traffickers who promise to love and care for them. Indeed, some traffickers purposely troll for the youth in certain group homes because they are aware of this vulnerability. Profits from forced sexual labor are estimated at $99 billion worldwide, and the, the number of victims is highest in Asia. The annual profits per victim were highest in development countries because traffickers can charge more for sex acts. The International Labor Organization estimates annual cost rates around 80000 per victim in developed countries and 55000 in the Middle East. Polaris estimates that more than 9,000 illicit spas operate across America. In a 2017 report, the nonprofit found that illicit parlors are in business in every state, in suburban strip malls, as well as the big cities. According to a 2014 report from the Urban Institute, the number of illicit parlors is growing and they're expanding beyond hubs on the east and west coast. So, one most be aware. Even though this doesn't directly impact them, who knows? The shopping mall down the street might hold a sex trafficking ring inside of it. How do you look for the signs of a sex trafficking victim? Well, a key example of this is through the differences of sex work and sex trafficking. Many people think that sex workers and sex trafficking are very similar. However, according to StopTheTraffic.com, that is not the case. In fact, Many sex traffickers will oftentimes use the guise of a girl looking for sex work to cover up their tracks and lure young women in. Undeniably, sex trafficking or sexual exploitation is a human rights violation, and it can happen to anyone. Adult women, young girls, men and boys are all at risk. The distinction might seem obvious, but they are often overlooked. When a person willingly takes part in the cell of sex, it is consensual and doesn't affect their human rights. This is called sex work. Vice versa, when a person takes part in the sale of sex through threats, abduction, or other means of coercion, this is called sex trafficking. The difference can almost be invisible, so you may not recognize a trafficked victim. You may see a girl in the street looking for work and assume she's a sex worker, but the reality could be far from that. What can you personally do to help? Well, first, one must look for the signs. Remember, someone who offers sex work is not necessarily trafficked, but it's really important to spot the people who are. Here are some questions you can ask yourself to spot the signs that a person is being trafficked. Is the person closely guarded? Are there any signs of physical abuse, such as cigarette burns, bruises, or tattoos indicating ownership? Is the person allowed to keep the money, or do they have to give it to someone else? Does the person sleep in the brothel while the sexual act is happening? Are the conditions in the room or home poor and unsanitary? Sex work is a sensitive issue, but it is important that we understand the difference and are able to spot the signs of sex trafficking. If you suspect someone is being trafficked, then you should report it straight away. This can be done anonymously if you are worried about your protection. To wrap up our podcast, I'd like to share with you an organization we have been corresponding with via email. The Refuge for Women in Chicago is a nonprofit, faith-based organization 
providing a specialized long-term care for women who have escaped human trafficking or sexual exploitation. With multiple locations across the U.S., Refuge for Women offers up to 12 months of safe housing at no charge to the residents, with around-the-clock care as residents progress through the evidence-based trauma-informed programming. They are dedicated to the survivors that come in and help to rebuild their lives up. Please, if you have a chance, please visit www.rfwchicago.org. Please join us next time to learn more about the signs of sex abuse and multitude of personal account from victims. Thanks for tuning in to the Monster Outside podcast. If you would like to stay updated, follow us on Instagram at the Monster Outside podcast. See you on the outside.